And we, and we know, know it wasn't, wasn't easy. The Sims let you get gay married before anyone else did. Go Sims. Hell yeah. Um, okay, so we're recording. Hello, Ari. I just wanna I just wanna let our listeners know. I'm I'm in my new apartment. It's new, it's fancy. I'm really excited because I'm sitting at like a kitchen table in the kitchen. Like we have so much room in the kitchen. Great. It's so nice. You um, deserve this. Thank you. Uh, but I do not know where my microphone is because I packed it. That's valid. And so, because of that, um, I have to record on this uh, shitty little headset. So we'll see where that fucking goes. I mean, that is, I think, about what these movies deserve. That's true. It's not like... So this is... I think we're going to introduce the podcast because I think an opening bit for this would be a little confusing. Uh-huh. This, this is um, a review... Of two great, great movies. A Legends in Review holiday special. A Legends in Review holiday special. So we watched two movies. Desperately Seeking Santa, starring Nick Zano and the actress that played Supergirl on Smallville. And Nine Lives of Christmas, starring Brandon Routh and a better actress, honestly. Oh, for 100%. And like, I'm kind of thinking back to... Hot older lady. I mean, we really should have learned their names, but that's who fucking cares. How like dare. let me, let me, let me. All right, I. The most important thing to understand about these movies is television as a whole is designed in a very specific way. Television shows are written and shot, and this is a TV movie, so this also applies. These rules apply. Television is meant to be something you can tune into at any point during the episode's airtime and understand at least somewhat what's going on. Um, Shows are meant to be easily digestible and something that you're not really being forced to keep up with. Um, Obviously, you know, as, as television has sort of matured as a medium, exceptions started popping up to this rule. And now there are a lot of TV shows where the exact opposite of this is the case. But overall, for like non prestige dramas or really nerdy self referential comedies, this is the golden rule. These movies are, are what I would argue are the platonic ideal of you don't have to watch this movie to watch these movies. Like I, I, as we, as we watched these movies and I almost want to put watched in air quotes, I was playing Dragon Age. I was reading a book. I was fucking around on my phone. I was doing literally anything other than trying to watch these movies. And that is the only way that you can watch them. Because every time I had to actually stop and focus my attention on these fucking movies, it was time flows differently in a Hallmark film, I think, is really the the hot takeaway I have here. Yeah, I I think I think what's really I think what we learned about Hallmark films is that they exist in a sphere outside the space time continuum where the like two weeks before Christmas are the longest period of the year and last you might think it's only two weeks, that's uh, 14 days, that's however many hours are in 14 days. And you might be like, okay, that seems like a normal amount of time. But in fact, we actually enter a black hole. 
where those two weeks um, stretch on to a period of about five years. And that's just science. We tested yeah. this. We put a, we put, I put Ari in the Hallmark black hole and Ari is now, uh, how old would you be in five years? Um, this is taking us way too long to figure out. I don't know how to do math. Um, you're, oh yeah. So Ari is now 29. Ari is now 29 years old. Just from getting thrown in the Hallmark dimension. I was going to make a joke about like how, cause like I kind of, I was like, well, would it be funny if I pretended like I was younger, but like 29 is still pretty young. So I have to wait a little bit. Um, which sucks, but point being, I'm these fucking movies. Holy shit. The, 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 the thing about, cause I guess since we're talking about the decompressed, like extreme decompressed nature of these films is I can't help but compare them to fanfic in that regard, because fanfic is also a really decompressed medium. Um, you know, I have a lot of, I've been writing fanfic for Jesus Christ, like 12 years now. So trust me when I say that fanfic is meant to be like a slow deconstructive experience. You don't really le read a lot of fast paced action epics because like, that's not the point of fanfic. Yeah. Most fanfics are about seeing a character's relationship grow or if it, at the very least capturing a space in these characters' lives, a sort of in-between moment. So they're written to sort of capture the beats in between the action of the established series. That works in fanfic because these are characters that you care about because of their already previously established work of media that they belong to. And you're looking for what's the Avengers laundry day like, because you already kind of know what the Avengers do when they fight bad guys and shit. Like you just, you kind of want to see that if everyone, you know, fucking washes their clothes properly. Although, you know, I'm sure Tony probably mixes his colors with his whites. Cause he stopped giving a shit and just buys new clothes. Like stuff like that. Works. I can't believe you would sneak in a Tony Stark head cannon into this. I can't believe you would come I, up from behind. Stab me in the Not on purpose! I'm sorry! I didn't mean to. I was just, I didn't, I was just trying to think. Um, Bold of you to assume was, Tony does his own laundry and has ever done his yeah, own laundry. If you ask Tony Stark to do laundry, he's Tony gonna cry. Stark is an Italian man who has never done, oh god. Oh. He's gonna just fucking, he's gonna go, oh wow, non specific excuse, and he's just gonna yeah, backflip no, the never, fuck he's, out of there. He backflips off the 57th window. Fuck. All right. But that like that is something that you want to see in a fanfic because the movie that they're in isn't about that. So it works. You're here for a decompressed and pleasant experience. These movies have that same decompressed attitude, but you enjoy that in a fanfic because you enjoy the characters and you want to see them sort of slowly get to develop their relationship or their day to day life. but especially in the case of Desperately Seeking Santa, I didn't want to see these people do fucking anything. All right, let's go. Let's do the movies. Let's try to, like, let's, let's sort of divert the roads. Let's do Desperately Seeking Santa first and then Nine Lives. Yes. Um, And then we'll sort of meet back again. Yes. Which means I mean, that one of us is going gonna... to... I, I, like, I feel like we should do the Nine Lives of Christmas because it's shorter. We're going to have less to say about it, I feel like. It's better. Okay. That's a good point. What I what my intention was was that one of us would talk about one movie and one of us would talk about the other and eventually we'd hit the same point. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no. Okay, so Nine Lives of Christmas is 
good. It's, it's yeah. enjoyable. It made me feel things. I was shocked. I was shocked at the parts of the movie that are supposed to be sad. I actually was sad. I was significantly yeah. sad, and I felt for our protagonist. Um, our hero. Even if I I'm going to look up her name. name. I'm going to look up her name. Merrily. Merrily. Her name was Merrily. Like, oh, it's fucking Merrily. Fuck you. Her name is Merrily. Which it, it is a stupid one. It is stupid. And like her name is Merrily, and. She is a veterinary student who works at a pet store and is, she's very cute. I, I found her, she's also, she's also a very tall woman, which I like. I like that a lot. Yes. But they also. Well, they had to because they can't afford Apple boxes. They can't so. afford, they really could not afford the wide shots that would be required if you cast Brandon Routh of anyone under like six one. What we did, I'm sorry, there was just the shot in Legends I was looking at recently. I was giving something where like, oh, where like Tala is talking to Brandon and it's like the top of her head. And I'm like, <laughs> is this a camera angle that we're proud of? Is this, is this a shot we feel good about, guys? <laughs> no, no. So but the like, plot of Nine Lives of Christmas is Marilee is um she's a veterinary student and like what's good about Nine Lives of Christmas is that Christmas kind of like is happening, but it's not like the central driving force of the movie. These are two yeah. people who sort of have this nice relationship, but it's also just happens to be Christmas, incidentally. Yeah. Like this movie could have taken place at any point of the year. Yeah. They could have had a 4th of July spent. Like, and that's what's nice about it. Uh, Brandon, no, sure. Brandon plays a fireman named Zach. He plays the almost comedically perfect. Like, and I don't, I mean, like, it really is kind of, because it was like, he is like the human Barbie. Like, they were like, okay, he, he, uh, he restores old Victorian houses. He's a firefighter. Also, like, he fucking. Loves cats. He reads? Loves cats. He can read. He can read. Like, but it, he's it, afraid it, of commitment. Of course he is. But that's like such an endearing flaw for the kind of people who watch these movies where they're like, oh, well, I can teach him the value of commitment. Like, that's like the. That's, no, fucking, that's, fucking learn it yourself, Brendan Rath. I'm not here to care that your parents got divorced. Be a therapist. This is not a woman's oh, job to fix you. Honestly, like, be traumatized on your own time. But, um, like, my favorite, my favorite thing about. Um, Hallmark movies is that we can't afford actors to play parents like ever. No. So your parents, no. you either get one or they're off screen or they're fucking dead because they died in like a jet ski accident or a piano <laughs> fell on them or oh, an anvil fell on their head. Like, or they wait, don't... hold on, I'm not done coming up with stupid ways to die. Um, killed by a clown. Um, hit by hit by a school bus of children, like and like and like it's always something that's kind of like uniquely traumatic to the situation. Oh, yeah. Like if it's if it's well, they have it. They have to keep it like, because it's a Christmas movie. It's like my parents were run over. My parents got run over by a reindeer, and so I that Christmas. I mean they, they did make a weird animated adaptation about that, but like that's I I think it's the sort of thing where they want to have some sort of tragedy in their backstories, but don't actually want to have like a tragedy that might actually traumatize or upset viewers because that's not what these movies are about mm -hmm. which i get but it does also lead to some like really weird and specific like i'm afraid of commitment because one time my father hired the wrong birthday magician for my mother's anniversary party and uh they haven't spoken since it's like, funny because that magician was me 
I was there. <laughs> I saw it happen. Like, it, it was, like, stuff like that, where it's just, like... And that what? magician was Santa Claus. Yes. Um, the thing about, the thing about Nine Lands of Christmas that really succeeded is, like I said, and this is kind of the driving force behind my entire thesis about these movies, is since they're basically fanfic of a thing that doesn't actually, they're, they're fanfics for the concept of, like, romantic commitment. Um, they... The roommates thing. Yeah. I... I mean, the fact that we guessed that was, like, one, I'm just like, damn, that was impressive. Like, we were like, oh, and she's gonna, like, we could, we were literally just guessing the narrative beats as these, of these films as they happened. And the thing was, is that, like, every time we kind, we were right. Because. It's, it's not difficult. It's not hard. But it, the Nine Lives of Christmas one worked better because it had more endearing characters. Like. I actually gave a shit about Marilee because she was also in an awkward but endearing too many random facts about animals. Like when she was talking about like the cats and stuff, I was like, this is so genuinely like non-sarcastically adorable. And I loved it because like that was and kind of still is if we're being frank me. So I was like, oh, this is like I could actually relate to her as being a person who's like not and it was also nice because that film in contrast to the other one they both had issues they needed to work on and it wasn't just one's an unlikable bitch and the other one is tony manicotti like i you know it can't i can't i we can't we can't dump we can't jump into tony manicotti like that no we've got to ease i I have to i i i am i am genuinely glad that we watched nine lives after because it gave me a new perspective on just how shitty the other movie was because at first i thought it was just oh so this is just how all hallmark movies are they're all uniquely terrible in their own special way but no it was like they're they're a good hallmark movie can exist and i mean it's still sort of limited by the constraints of the genre but it isn't my favorite thing my favorite watch nine lives of christmas and play this game called does brandon routh want to deliver this line (laughs) yeah oh yeah and the answer is usually no the answer is okay so they have this subplot that gets dropped like halfway through the movie i forgot about that he is dating a model named blair and i just want to ask a couple so out of his fucking league one what kind of model goes yeah i'm gonna date a fireman that restores houses like like as a was she joking was this a fun thing? Was she trying to find I think herself? So, probably. Was she? Was, was uh, yeah. she having I, like? Gonna... Is this like her backpacking? Jesus Christ! I, I don't this understand. Is, it. This was cheaper than backpacking. Um. So she also inexplicably hates cats. Um. And that gets a little abusive. <laughs> yeah, like to a point where it's a little like, "Hey, Hallmark." Like, Can like you even if someone chill? doesn't like your cat, they are not allowed to like take an animal from you. That's really manipulative behavior. And I know they just wanted to illustrate what a heinous bitch she is, but because she's such a heinous bitch, you're like, why is this guy who's a very sort of sweet, earnest fireman with her? Aside from the fact that he looks like Brandon Rapp, it's the What's sort of thing where it was here? like this is a it plot- was un. This is a plot that Brandon was trying to back to cha-cha real smooth of out of until it was over. Oh, yeah. Which, can't blame him. But it was weird because apparently there was a book of this this movie, which is also, I think, like, part of why. But 
she did. And the weird thing is, is it could have dumped. And I mean, here's here's a brief disclaimer. We're going to be spoiling these movies. So in case you were worried about the um, not, you know, ruining the experience of these films, uh, don't keep listening. But at the end of the film, there's like a moment where there's a miscommunication and I fucking hate these things. It was they the had low much point to do of the about nothing. Let's just call it like we see. Yeah. They had, they had that he's, but like, and the thing was, is they could have used Blair for it. They absolutely could have because she was a model. And at the start of the movie, Brandon was doing a horny fucking fireman calendar. And he could have been like, she could have been like, he was doing modeling with my company and did it. Like she could have fucking done something and at least come back in a way that like would have made sense. But they just use the mayor's hot trophy wife. Now, it's never explained to us why the mayor has a hot wife. No, but we should probably we're going to have to explain the miscommunication more in detail. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Okay. So but it was weird that they dropped Blair for that. They so Blair uh, gets Marilee fired because she doesn't like cats. And then Brandon Routh feels really bad. And then Marilee's landlord finds out she has a cat and Brandon Routh is like, well, I have because it's an old Victorian house. So it would technically have what is called a servant's quarters. Like, like, do you think I don't know, Hallmark? Do you think that you could pull one over on me? He's like, oh, there's an apartment upstairs. I'm like, it's a Victorian house. I know what fucking. How dare you? <laughs> I was born and raised in Westchester County. How dare you? So she lives upstairs in, yeah, it was converted into an apartment, I guess, but keeps coming down. So okay. yeah, now they're living together and she also likes to restore homes. They, she paints his house and she's like doing a bunch of stuff around the house, which is kind of like, it was really cute. Was I really actually cute, liked it a lot. My entire time I was like, she's not working. Is this okay? <laughs> like, should she, is she okay with this? Like, is she looking for a job? How is she feeling? I mean, I kind of assumed she was looking for a job because, you know, at the end she was doing that volunteer effort thing yeah. and she was still going to school and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, oh, right. The whole thing is this movie starts at her finals, which would be around probably second week of December, and it ends mm-hmm. on Christmas, which means that she and Brandon Routh live together for what I'm guessing is like nine days. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing is, um... As you know, time doesn't work like that in Netflix. So she was having her finals in June because the montage, the, you saying that, I'm so, I'm sorry, because I'm trying not to think about it. Because if I do, I can feel like the yawning fucking void opening up and showing its lamprey fanged fucking mouth. Look right into that because void, bitch. That's I, don't, I don't want to because... Then, like, the montages that were shown of them having, like, the domestic bliss thing do not jive that with the fact that- That took place over three mornings. Yeah, that's not how time works! That's not how time works, to my that's knowledge, anyway. That's not works! <laughs> I hate Like I said, it's a black hole. So we're hole. gonna pretend that she just had her finals in October. Because I don't it's fucking goddamn care. goddamn black hole. And, I mean, some colleges have finals, yeah. like, first week of December- but even then, like, and I mean, I get it. I get it. I know. I know. It's a fucking Hallmark movie. It doesn't matter after a certain point. I mean, like, you know, and I'm guilty of this because, again, and to break, because these films are just fanfic. I have absolutely had time not work like that in fanfics before. Oh, I yeah, we all have. have ac- yeah. Like, where it's just like, okay, I just wrote 60,000 words about something that happens over the span of, like, 
two weeks. And Ulysses happens over the course of a fucking day. But, like, this isn't James Joyce. This is a um, hallmark. Wait, 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 wait. Can we argue that you can blame James Joyce for the format of these movies? 100%. Okay. Um, I'm just glad we I would also that. actually like to course correct my previous statement. It is done over the daytime of a single day nighttime is Finnegan's wake. So let's say it is about 12 hours of a day Ulysses and Finnegan's wake is 12 hours because if I didn't course correct and, and, and say that someone would probably try to well actually over it. And then I'd have to kill myself. Um, that said, that these, is the, the everything. Are you okay? No. Um, I, all right. These fucking movies. Um, I, I, my brain keeps trying to keep me from thinking about them. Like, like it's a fucking, like, they're just, like, they're nonsense. Everything happens so much, but so slowly and actually nothing happens. Right. So Marilyn moves in with Brandon Rouse, who's again, over Harris, for, who's for 30 named, years. And, but, and she also has a cat. Oh, right. Of yeah. Course. Brandon Rouse has a cat. Who's a really cute cat? And that cat's name is Ambrose for some fucking... Right. He adopted and it. Was, is is yeah. it supposed to be a reference to something or an illusion? Ambrose Bierce, maybe? Hold on. Ambrose Bierce, I think. Give me one sec. Oh, my God. I don't... That... If Hallmark... If this Hallmark movie is trying to pull one over on us, I'm going to find the author of the original book and I'm going to light her I mean, house on fire. Ambrose Bierce was like a fucking gothic horror writer. So, I feel if like that's it, what they're... I, then I feel like it probably was not that. No, but he wrote he wrote An Occurrence at Owl Creek, which was a really good story. I was like, why is that the name that comes to mind? And that's why, but you should read An Occurrence at Owl Creek. Anyway, um... So, she also has a cat. What's her cat's name? Queenie, which was also weird because it was like you had, it was like you had this very dignified cat name and then Queenie, which is a cute name, but... It was it was a little like what these <laughs> compared nouns, to Amber adjectives are not making sense. No, cute cat again, so but cute. The cats so were funny. very cute, and I just want to like when we when we met. Brendan oh my god, it was at, me- at that con because he has photos when you meet him. Yes, of like nine lives, and Arya's like, "What was the cat like?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, no, that was that was a cat. He worked with a cat in that movie." And Arya's like, "No." What I was the cat care. like? <laughs> I, was just like I, I could not give less of a fuck. I just want to know about the fucking cat. Which How, is and so like, here's great the thing, because watching then, this movie, yeah. I'm like, you had to, these poor fucking cats. Because yeah, no one cats, in this movie can handle a cat. I just want to also point no. out that when Tala gets played by a cat, she at least has, she's like, this cat's name is Charlie, and he's actually a guy. He's great. And I'm like, finally, someone who fucking gets it. Yeah, no, she posted that. I was like, thank you, a hero for the fucking ages. This is why we stand. She stand-up. actually watched I mean, Nine Lives of Christmas. It was on. And there's a scene, there's the scene at the end where, oh, yeah, no, first is the scene where um, Marilee moves in with Brandon, which we mentioned happens. And she mm-hmm. goes, are we allowed to have cats? And he goes, actually, cats are required. You have to have at least one cat to live here. And you can tell he sort of thought that line was cute, but he probably would have tweaked it a little bit to be a little less corny. Yeah. Like, you can te- you can just tell these things. Yeah, because well, he's trying. He's trying so fucking because hard. Because of that, uh, so Tala just captioned that, um, what I have been waiting to hear a man say my entire life. Fuck. <laughs> Fair. Um, 
that said, oh God, like, and like the thing about is like, I get the logistics of the problem with the fact that everyone had to carry the cats is because you can't have Brandon Routh in the same shot of a cat. Like ever. There's no, there's nothing, unless that cat is standing on like six ladders, it's not fucking happening. Now, so, or he's laying in flat. of the cat ladder, but yeah. they fell very short of their job. Yeah. Did not do a good job. But like, it's, I get the, that they have to be holding the cats because the cats have to be in the shots and it would be impossible to get them in the shot otherwise. But like, no one in real life ever picks up a cat that much. Like, I don't even pick, the only, like, my cats just don't. One of my cats likes being held a little bit, but, like, the other two don't. And, like, that's makes sense. Like, you don't, like, most cat owners aren't really picking up their cats a lot because it kind of stresses them out. And you should really only do it if you have to. But, like, oh, it was just, and, and they did, they actually did get some things right about, like, um, cat care and stuff. And they did try to, like, sneak in some animal facts. And I was like, hell yeah, this movie is already, like, infinitely better. Um... I feel but, like we can't keep calling this movie infinitely better because we haven't talked about desperately seeking I, Santa enough. I, You know what, though, is I feel like you can kind of... I want you guys... You know how it takes, like, 45 minutes in the, in the original Godzilla for Godzilla to show up? Yeah. That's what we're doing right now, is we're talking about the monster, but we're not letting them see it. Like, how, like, the fucking... Everybody knows the Jaws story, right? Like, how, like, fucking the animatronics never worked ever. Because, surprise, surprise, putting a bunch of machinery in a shitload of water doesn't make it work. This is so... I, didn't they, this is just so funny, because they did film it in New Jersey. <sighs> of course they did. Well, that's where the original Jaws, like, we, we, we were Jaws. Like... That or maybe maybe they a... didn't film it in New Jersey, or it was just based. The fact they that they filmed it based... in upstate New York, remember? Because there's an episode of My Favorite Murder right. where they talked about yes, about okay. the girl who got murdered. Okay, yes, yes, um, yeah. I mean, that would be it. it the show was called, but that's not the okay. Um, <laughs> very important to the story. <laughs> We're gonna get on their podcast network by <laughs> badly summarizing episodes of My Favorite Murder on unrelated podcasts. You'll all see. That's our pitch. <laughs> um, it's postmodern, but um. The actual way that they tried to deal with the shark in the real life incident that inspired it in New Jersey was to line up a bunch of machine guns on the shore and fire into the water. And if you know anything about physics, bullets don't work like that underwater. And secondly, I cannot think of a more New Jersey fucking thing than the shark was bothering us. So we shot it in the water. And um, also, while I'm here, don't kill sharks. Did not work. Like, did not uh, work for. Did not work well at all, ladies and gentlemen. No, didn't, didn't even work a little bit. But um, it was not not the best choice that could have been made. No, let's call it uh, that. Yeah, to say the least. What 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 in the goddamn were? Where did how to? Oh right, because I was talking about. Okay, like no, I think it's better that they don't understand yet, because when we do show off the monster, it's going to matter more. Um. Oh but my god, other... that was a long and detailed yeah, way to go to thing. get away from our original discussion. <laughs> like that was a I was, especially. I, I listen. I I think at this point our tangents are are the podcast. I mean, but, of course, because there's also only so much I can really talk about. Like the films themselves are. You could, I could, I could, I don't really have to tell you this film to to tell you about this film. Like, like I said before, we were literally guessing the plot as it happened in front of us. Like, uh, like we just, you have to. These movies are not 
they're not treading new ground. They're not, they're not even pretending to reinvent the wheel. They're, they are they're saying you like, guys like wheels. Come they settle are in, in this nice comfy wheel. Yeah. Like they're like, uh, they, they are fucking, there's something you put on in the background while you're doing other shit related to Christmas. Like, I don't think, I feel like we did something that we weren't supposed to in actually mostly trying to pay attention to these films because I just, I truly feel like they were not written and, and shot and acted with that in mind. Um, on that note, oh, that reminds right. me about the other thing. I'm, these films very clearly, both of them, did not have a second draft. Yeah, so as we're going about the plot in the movie, they live together. They have a whole montage because she likes restoring houses and their cats are in love, which, like, stop making animals fall in love. I'm so sick of this heterosexual agenda. Okay, it's, it's bad so enough that stupid. I have to watch a goddamn Hallmark movie, which is just the kind of, you know, which is just kind of a hateful amount of heterosexuality, if we're being honest. Oh, yeah. Stop, stop making the animals be heterosexual as well. It's, it's hateful, and I, and I don't like it. Um, it's that so being weird. said, great job to the cats. Um, yeah. and then they sort of start having a falling out because she wants him to sort of meet her sister and they're going to this party at the mayor's house inexplicably. Why is it at the mayor's house? Why does her sister know Doesn't the matter. mayor? Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Don't ever ask me again. I don't want to Also, the it. fact that it was that miscommunication horseshit where he's like, oh, I so, have a thing to do for work. He's like, like I have a thing to do her. for work. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's clearly, like, sad about it. And then she sees him at the mayor's party, like, flirting with the mayor's. The spoiler is it's the mayor's hot wife. But she she breaks up with him, even though they were never technically together. And then moves out to live with her friend. And I was kind of like... Couldn't you have lived with her in the first place since you've only known Brandon Routh like a very short amount of time and this is like your friend and classmate? And <laughs> and 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 then uh, King of Hallmark, Bob Hallmark, shot you in the Yeah, I was Took I was you succinct, right I was out. Subsequently booed out of court. Oh my god. So also Brandon Routh wants to be a firefighter because his house caught on fire when he was fourteen and he was rescued by a firefighter. Which is yeah, great. right. I was actually thinking. I was like, "Oh, right. We could talk a little bit about Brandon Routh's gay dads." Um, yeah, so it Brandon was really Routh, cute. Yeah, the characters, the side characters, and desperately no wrong one. Nine lives. Don't even know what I'm yeah. fucking doing anymore. Um, are a lot no. more endearing, I guess. Minus Blair, who who's like, it's not her fault she was in this movie, you know? Yeah, she's doing no, Blair... the best she fucking can. Blair didn't de deserve this. You can just tell how much Brandon Brandon doesn't like the Blair plot. He's like, this feels kind of disrespectful to women. You can just see it on his face that he's like, <laughs> this feels very disrespectful he's... to women. And, and it, it was. is. And it's dumb as hell. And it was. Good call, Brandon. It was. He, um, he works at a firehouse, which is, I guess, where firemen work. I yes. don't know why. <laughs> For more obvious plot points. Um, like the firemen in the movie are like genuinely like kind of a likable group of guys that like give him a hard time and they're all married and they give him a hard time for being a commitment phobe and tell him that he's going to find the one. But it also makes sense that they do that because this, these are people who he's presumably known for a long time. So you're willing to accept that they would give him like a playful family ribbing about the idea of like... And also the camaraderie makes more sense because the thing about like a firehouse is, yeah, there's a lot of downtime in between fires, but you have to be there. So you end up being pretty, you have to be really close with the people in the firehouse because 
you guys are probably just sitting there for hours on end. Of course you are. That's kind of part of the job. So, oh, God damn it. And um, so the ribbing, I think, felt a little more genuine and also made more sense because the other film, like, you're in a mall. There's no God. There's no time to talk. There's no time to build relationships. It is a fucking hell pit. How dare you? That's true. But That's true about like. I am trying to stay away from desperately seeking Santa, but again, um, it just keeps coming back. It just keeps well, because I mean, like, yeah, it. And then also, and then she moves out, and Branton Routh is heartbroken, and then the fireman that turns out to be that is also the fireman, the chief firefighter who is his dad, and also turns out to be the firefighter that rescued him when he was a teen, is like, you really, you should probably go after her, and not be an idiot about this. And I was like, yeah. You're right. I mean, you're absolutely yeah. correct about that. And then Brandon Routh is like, oh man, but if only I knew where she was. And I'm like, she clearly told you like 15 minutes ago where she was going to be on Christmas. Why weren't you? Like, and it's not even the, one of those things time, where time, like, remember time doesn't work like that in Hallmark. She told him that three years ago. Okay. I guess it's, I guess it's forgot. unfair for me to expect him to remember something that happened three years prior, but Jesus Christ. I, was, I, I mean, maybe I can believe that he was like so like that he thought she was so beautiful that he couldn't focus on anything else. No, that's dumb as hell. That's somehow stupider. Okay, like, God forbid. You know, I'm trying to give Brandon Routh a goddamn break here. Maybe he can't read. Maybe he was just he was just maybe that fucking book he read in bed was like a decoy. I don't know. Maybe he <laughs> it just, was I, a fake book. You've <laughs> <laughs> <He's> been duped. <laughs> It was a book with blank pages. Fuck. It was. It was just. It was. It was those fucking pages in New Moon where Edward leaves Bella, and it's just fucking blank pages for six months, and that was it. He just has a book of those blank pages. I can't. Brandon Routh's book of lies. Uh. (laughs) Oh God. Oh my god. I don't I don't know what we're we've accomplished on this day, but I don't like it. No, neither do I. I mean, this is I feel like trying to write like trying to describe these films as like an active fight with myself. It is so fucking yeah. hard. Yeah, it's very And we difficult. liked the fucking cat movie better, and even then it's still like it eludes me. The sh- because it is so gen- even even the cute aspects there are some but the overall shape of the film is so generic that it eludes my ability to describe it without kind of just sounding like I'm summarizing a bunch of other random stuff but I will say the other the other thing to its benefit though is that the big love scene at the end that these things are contractually obligated to have obviously yeah when they're making out um well I mean. It was it was just more that I liked it because it wasn't just them oh. like making out like yay movie's over but like, like can we was, go <laughs> can we please fucking go but I liked it because it was an acknowledgement that he'd actually listened to yes she her. told him earlier about how mountain lions find a mate so he kind of did this I mean is he a furry in this movie are they both furries yes. it's never yes. it's yes. never confirmed yes. or denied yes. but I think we can assume the they yes. are I think yes. we can assume fairly that they are. I think you can assume that, yeah. Um, the only way she would be been more likely to have been a furry is if she was an animation student, so we're fine. Um, oh, God. Uh, please. We've gone too far. Um, <laughs> uh, that said, it was, like, cute. It was a nice, like, the yeah, important so, thing about, like, so, love like, gestures in mm-hmm. movies is that they make sense for the characters. So I liked it. 
they make out on top of the fire truck fire. and then Tala is watching this part of the movie and she's just going, where the cat? Where the cat? That's, that was, here's the thing is that was so valid because every single second I was watching this movie and the cats weren't there. My thoughts exactly. I, yeah. So very, very relatable. Um, very, very good. And uh, yeah, that was, that was nine lives of Christmas starring Brandon Routh's like mostly his arms. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly his arms. And they were great. You know, and I'm going to say this before we go into Desperately Seeking Santa. And that is that, like, Brandon's first big role was, like, Superman. And so when you cast him in things, you know that you're sort of getting Superman, you know? Yeah. You have to. Nick, and this is no fault of his, because, like, we've discussed this on Legends in Review, much to our dismay, he's very talented. Our, Our disgust and horror and fear, yeah. Something in my apartment just popped. I don't know what it was. It's fine. A lot of times it seems like people look at Nick and they go, oh, you're hunky. Like, just just go be in a teen drama. Just be in our teen drama, okay? Like, as, as, as PJ. Yeah, I feel like saying that, I feel like that's like, I feel like that's almost too much bullying of Nick Zano to bring that up. Like, because, yeah, he I was on it. a fucking, he was on both the Melrose Place and the 90210 reboots. Because, again, you look at him, you're like, okay, you can do something for teens. Like, you're heartthrobby enough. And, and like, he please, is. Please let Nick Zano just be good. Like, please give him a goddamn break. And I think please give Nick Zano a goddamn break is the tone and the mood of Desperately Seeking Santa. So, How about give me a fucking break? Desperately Seeking Santa is a movie about Italian Americans. It is. It is. It is. Okay. So I'm going to do a tangent again. And I was watching, I was watching something last night and I should have known that I was in for a bad time when the, when the man doing the animation video was in an orange fedora and I went, oh Jesus, actual fucking Christ. Like out loud. You didn't immediately close out of the video and throw your computer away? I was at that point, I was like, okay, I was like 10 minutes in. So I was like, you know what? Fine, fine, fine. And he'd been like relative, I mean, he'd been, he'd been inoffensive up to that point. And then it cut to, and I was like, oh no. And then he started trying to do character voices, but that's not the point. The point I want to talk about is since it was a, it was a retrospective on Ralph Bakshi's work, he brought up the fact that Bakshi grew up in Brooklyn. Um, and he talked about the diversity. A few... No, 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 I'm getting there, I'm getting okay. there. He, 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 you know, we talked about him growing up in Brooklyn, and he described a diverse cast of ethnic minorities, and among those ethnic minorities, he listed Italian-Americans. And at the time, my soul astral-projected out of my body and went to, um, hell? Let's just say hell. And it was awful. But I feel like this movie must have been made in a universe where people actually seem to believe that to be the case. This movie this, was made in 1904. This movie was a fucking hate crime. And I don't even know against what. It just is. It's just, it's it's stochastic terrorism. It, it's fucking horrible. Terrorized by Nick Zano at Macy's again, lads. <laughs> it was so bad (laughs) and like and again and i really want to say this because the thing about this is this movie is not bad to any fault of nick zanos no i mean nick zanos only only crime is that he is too handsome and so people think because here's the thing um a lot of shows on the cw hire like models instead of like 
actors or models that are actors but aren't like actor actors because you don't have to pay them union fees yes and i think legends actually has like a really strong cast of like actors and like yeah they're all very hot because it's television but they are also all very talented and that's important and that's very good this movie i think hated nick zano personally and wanted him to die yeah no this movie wanted him to die it wanted me to die it wanted i a it just, lot of, it was okay, it was so it was <sighs> one of the, the thing we complimented about um the thing we liked about nine lives is that christmas was just kind of happening in the black hole where this movie takes place you know this is not a movie about where brandon rouse is like oh man we've got to get a tree for the firehouse or something you know, at one point he dresses up at Santa for the firehouse and, like, their big kiss takes place on Christmas. But, like, Christmas is just kind of there. Desperately Seeking Santa is entirely about Christmas. And it kind of... And here's the thing. is like, I, I think I hate Christmas now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I'm like, nope. Christmas. No more Christmas. No. We have to come so up with a different the holiday. The actress that played Supergirl on Smallville, I think I was a little too young to realize it. But, like, kind of looking back on Smallville, like, a little stiff. A little I, stiff. I didn't watch Smallville because I didn't. I didn't actually do it because I didn't know what the fuck it was about because no one. I didn't realize because I was really young when it came out. So I was just like, why the fuck is this show on a farm and everyone's being so fucking dramatic about it? Who gives this shit? Like, I no one's ever said to me it was like a Superman origin story or I might have tried to watch it. Because I was, like, into superheroes at the time. It's, but, like, it's I just thought it was a fucking farming show. And that's what Clark would want. And that's honestly what yeah. Clark... Hi, I'm Clark Kent, and I'm going to teach you today how to grow the best carrots in... And See, and that's a, and that's a fan fiction. Oh, yeah. No, I would have been fine with that. Do we remember what the female character's name in this is? I, I couldn't remember it as I was watching the thing. Is it Lindsay? Can we call her Lindsay? I, I fucking... Yeah, why not? All right, let's like just her. let's just go with Lindsay. Lindsay yeah. is from. Okay, so I I had to clarify this. She with, does corporate. What was uh, her job? I don't. Lindsay started working at a mall when she was fifteen in South Boston, which is the bad part of Boston. That's God. where like Mark Wahlberg and the Afflecks like to make their their dark movies from. <laughs> That's, from dark boston. um north boston is really nice south boston is is not and that's, that's awfully why, bold of them like well, no, the idea that boston oh sorry when you call someone a southie that you mean they're from south boston that you're they're like oh you're a southie and i'm like first of all bold for you to assume anyone in boston should be insulting anyone else from boston yeah Secondly, um, fucking bold of Boston to imagine that it has any sort of spatial direction. That the, Boston doesn't have a north or a south. Fuck you. What, where does Boston begin or end? Boston doesn't know. It's true. Like, there's no north or south of Boston. There is only the abyss. Like, and secondly, again, like every all of you are awful. How about that? That really should just also be the second tagline of this movie. Um Okay, so Nick Zano plays Tony Manicotti. And let me explain yeah. Tony Manicotti. One time I was riding on a train <laughs> um to go home for the holidays, and this guy was complaining about his wife's family, and he was like, you know, and her brother in law, Tony Manicotti. And I had to stop and pull out my earbud and go like is his name actually Tony Manicotti? And he's like, no, it's 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 a uh, superbly. And I was like, oh, okay, well, it's funny. 
And it was. But I also kind of asked because Ari's uh, legal last name, which we're not going to reveal on this show, is actually a pasta. No, um, here's the thing. It's actually that isn't that uncommon. Um, I was about to say and add in like the idea of it actually having to be manicotti is not out of the question. Yeah, my mother, you know, my, there's there's Alfredo's there's I think my mother worked once worked with a guy last name Pizza um, or yeah, or so, or like something really similar because I guess the people at Ellis Island just did not give a shit. Nick Zano um, plays Joey Pizza. Yeah. All right. So Joey Tomato. His name is David Maroney, and I kept calling him David Manicotti because it's no David. Close. And also, incidentally, I'm sorry, but hold on, hold on, hold on. David isn't a fucking Italian name. It's not. Like, how dare you make a fucking First off, the fact that they set an Italian-American movie in Boston is already a fucking hate crime. There's like, I'm pretty, sorry you guys can't... There's a pretty large... Boston is made up of Italian-Americans and Irish-Americans. And anyone else who is... This, and anyone else who lives this, there, I'm so goddamn sorry. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. is like, Boston doesn't have the same cultural connection to being that kind of Guido. That doesn't... That's not... I, I, Boston isn't like that in the same way. So for them to have the audacity to cast fucking like it, like Boston, Boston, I have to be Italian American in Boston. I might as well die. Like, yeah, okay. So, so Lindsay, Lindsay works at a mall, and she doesn't just work at a mall. She works at a mall that she has essentially grown up with. She's never left her hometown. Also, both her parents are dead. Also, she wants to go to corporate. What is corporate? What does corporate, corporate actually corporate, do? What does it corporate mean? Corporate is like management in Carnival. Corporate is a lot like management in Carnival, but a lot less interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a given. But also now I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just imagining you doing corporate. Desperately Seeking Santa was one long form Carnival AU. And Nick was the Jonesy and also the Ben. <laughs> he was like, I was about to say, I'm like, no, Nick was the Ben here. Like that fucking Lindsay was just Father Justin. Um, maybe. God, this Iris... is the worst parallel we could have drawn. I'm, <laughs> I'm backing out of it. I'm, I'm putting the car no, in reverse. No, Lindsay, Sophie, fuck. Oh my god. Anyway, I'm, I'm I... The car which, one, which, is... one, which one was the gay one in the hat? Who, there were, who okay, made... so, so really, so the good news is, for some reason, this Hallmark movie put in two gay characters who are not together at the beginning of the movie. They're just best friends. And then they do kind of like flirt and get together at the end of the movie, which was like cute because they said, I, I, it was nice because they have a scene where one of the gay characters goes to Lindsay. They're like, you know, why don't you tell him how you feel? And she goes, well, I could say the same thing to you. And I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Her friend's name yeah. was absolutely I mean, here's the thing. Is Marissa, it was inoffensive? Right? What? Her friend's name was absolutely Marissa, right? I, yes. Because she looked like, here's the thing. Is Lindsay... Lindsay doesn't look like a woman who would fall in love with an Italian man. Marissa, absolutely. I have met Marissa. I, I, I haven't met the actress, but I have met Marissa. I know Marissa. I that bitch had a fucking poof in her goddamn ponytail. I know Marissa. Marissa was rocking okay? was rocking the largest hair I've ever seen in 2011. And it was fact, amazing. I mean, I think I think the real spoiler is that she and Nick Siano's character were actually already married. Okay. So, yeah. Oops. Here's the Sorry fucking plot of this movie. Lindsay runs a mall. Ugh. I don't know how you run a mall. I don't really think that's no. how it works. No, I'm pretty Nick sure it Zano doesn't work like that. works at an Italian restaurant called Maroni's, which is his family name. His mom is dead. His siblings are inexplicable. 
His dad is very sensitive, which Ari has informed me is fully incorrect. I am going to talk about that later. Don't worry. And Moroni's is being put out of business because there's going to be a big complex built right on top of them. They're going to, and they're going to squash them like a bug. And everyone in Nick Thanos' family actually seems to understand that's just kind of the life cycle. And they want him to go to medical school. And I was like, first of all, don't you ever uh, try to tell me that Nick Zano... Actually, I looked up his role on 90210 as well. And I think he was also Mm -hmm. a medical student. And I'm like... Okay, what the fuck? There's nothing about this man that says doctor. No, I don't don't want him... No. If Nick Zano came in and was like, I'm your doctor, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. No, I would not trust him. Like, 100%. Get away from me, demon. But, like... And that's how I died. So. And that is, in fact, how I died. 100%. So, essentially, Lindsay's mall is... There's a bunch of malls in South Boston, and hers is fifth. And they're like, we're going to close the mall. They don't explain why. They really don't. Because it's still technically making a profit. Yeah. It's it's clothing because it has to for drama reasons. And they didn't even make a commentary on, like, yeah, a lot of malls are shuttering in the United States. And you probably could have made uh, a point about that. And there are a lot of points that this movie sort of almost tried to make, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But Lindsay Uh, says, okay, I'm going to have a sexy Santa contest. And Nick Zano, fucking cha-cha sliding real smooth right on in that's my second cha-cha slide reference if i make another i have to go to jail (laughs) (laughs) i'll put the handcuffs on myself (laughs) um nick zano fucking falling through the ceiling um is like i'll be your sexy santa and what you need to understand about this is that nick and Lindsay meet because she cuts in line for coffee and he negs her him for riding a bicycle and i was like first of all how the fuck do you think he got those thighs how dare you like his legs are a national treasure they are and second of all shut up Lindsay. nobody wants to hear what you have to say no no one gives a shit about Lindsay's opinions on fucking anything now here's the thing i just want to i kind of want to reveal the end of the film which turns out okay Lindsay has a boyfriend who we are just going to call goatee mustache no, it's Soul Patch. Soul Patch. Soul Patch Jones. Soul Patch Jones. <laughs> and he works in corporate. And he's a big cheese, I guess. I don't know. Does it? I mean, um, do any of us? I don't care. I don't care. But <laughs> it turns out that corporate is both responsible not only for closing her mall, but for the big complex that's going to squash Moroni's and kill everybody. And also, at this point, the sinking of the Lusitania? I was, yeah. That did happen. That did happen in this movie, which was very strange. It was weird. Yeah. I was a little like, huh, was not expecting that. And then he was like, I'm a doctor. I'll save them. And he did. He did rescue every single person on the Lusitania and thus prevented World War I. It was really. I was about to say, Xeno saved us from World War I. Yeah. So this occurs in a universe where World War I didn't happen, which is important to know going into the film. fucking mean oh my god okay so it is not revealed until the very like last 20 minutes of the movie that soul patch was it the last 20 minutes yeah that soul patch has bribed a congressman to build the complex and also destroy the mall 
this was the worst pacing and plot decision I have ever seen in my fucking life. And I have I, watched, I missed that part. I have watched all four seasons of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I I missed that part about like it being a congressman. I didn't real I just I at that point so I think I just accepted death. So the fact that this was I Okay. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Continue. I just I'm re I'm fucking reeling in real time. So essentially Nick Sano wants to save his family restaurant and he's doing the sexy Santa contest because he wins like ten thousand dollars and his dad is like, put those towards books. I that's my impression of his dad, I guess. He said put them Hey, in- put those towards books. Put them towards books, pasta fazool. Nick Sano is like, no, I'm gonna keep throwing money into this horrible sinking ship of a restaurant. <laughs> Also, every time that Nick Sano came into the restaurant, I would just go Nick Sano in an Italian restaurant. That was that was what was in the script. That was their Groucho so, says something funny. Yes. So as Ari said, because I was like, I'm, part of me is watching this movie, and I'm like, is Nick Sano acting? Like, does he care no. about the acting in this movie, or is he just being himself? Is it as you said, like the Marx Brothers used to have something where it would just say, "You told me this." Groucho walks in and says something yes. funny. Yeah, Sano walks in and says something Italian American. Like, yeah, like what would that he say, Ari? Uh, Dave, uh, pasta vizul. What's go? What what what's up with the pizza? How does everybody? Is everybody? How, how about, about the fucking mess? Yankees? And I don't fuck. You know what? That's why I'm pissed because it's a fucking Italian American movie in fucking Boston. And you know what? Fuck any Italian American who likes the Red Sox. And <laughs> I'm gonna end my own. I'm literally. I'm literally gonna end my own life. <laughs> Fuck you. I will I hate this. That's why I'm mad. Because I don't know. I don't want like the it's heinous to me, okay? It just yeah, fucking Yeah, he is. does make a comment at one point about loving the Red Sox, and I think that was a bridge too far yes, for Yeah, because I was getting furious about it. That was it. a bridge oh too God. far for Ari. Incidentally, oh, I think God, didn't we just awful. decide to call this movie Billy Joel's Scenes from an Italian Restaurant? Yeah, they really. Sh- I, I think a song that I have that. never heard, but that was described to me as a song about seeing an Italian restaurant. <laughs> this movie, this movie was that ask that Yahoo they got on my brother, my brother and me when it was I'm doing a presentation at my school and I'm gonna be Billy Joel. How should I dress up? That's what this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> it it wasn't even the response to the question. It was just the question being asked. <laughs> oh God. Um, and just, I, so Nick Zano this, has to okay, do a bunch so here's of the dance other routines. I was, which I was is unfair to him. And unfair, like, because here's the thing. He's not a bad dancer. No. He's but pretty it, decent. But that's just humiliating to, to be asked to do. And, like, that's if he's going to be a sexy Santa and do a sexy dance, he should not have had that much clothing on. No, Give honestly. Me I mean, like, shorts. here's the thing. Is this was made, Give this me was, some shorts. This was some fucking weird, horny mom film that wasn't actually that horny, which was also, like, again, if you're going to make a horny mom film, like, valid, but go all the way. Um, anyway, Nick Zano inexplicably falls in love with Lindsay, despite the fact that she has... I mean, like, listen, Hallmark really have, hates women with careers. They really yeah. hate career women. Like, they, it's not... So much. They hate the idea of her having anything. And like, you but know, it's not all Lindsay's she does fault. is fucking neg him. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing there. Like, I mean, like I'll say this is like Brandon and fucking Merrily had like moments where I was like, oh, this is cute, 
and they were nice to each other and they shared their interests. This lady and Nick Zano have maybe two conversations and you can, he sounds when he is saying you are the most interesting and fascinating. And, yeah. And if we want to talk about, it people, was like he had a fucking gun to if his We want to talk about people running from scripts. There are Oof. certain lines Nick Zano has to deliver in this film. Where you're like, oh that's my a, it's a fucking picture of Snagglepuss getting held at gunpoint. You, like, you shouldn't have to do this. You no, should he shouldn't. Just... He, should, he should have fucking hazard pay. Honestly, Somebody should have given him a why fucking Why did you not heart. just let Nick Zano, just give him the movie, just let him work it. Nick Zano says something Italian. That was all you had to do. And like, this movie I, didn't... Why I, did the movie ever leave the scene that was Nick Zano in an Italian restaurant? That's all we needed. That's it. That's all you needed. And, like, here's the thing. is I, I touched on this briefly when we talked about the cat one, but the cat movie may have had a little more time for rewrites because it didn't have to work out dance choreography as well. But this was a movie that was written on an airplane by one person in a single sitting and a single draft and was not spell-checked, was not looked at by anyone else, did not get a table read. They did not even probably do a chemistry read between the leads. They didn't bother. Like, this is... This this is like this is this is it's fucking it's 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 like uh, the fact that a fucking congressman at last minute this the the fucking I can't believe that Nick Zano's character didn't fucking like and they get a call and there's a break into the Watergate fucking hotel that Lindsay and Nick Zano were gonna go fucking solve. You you can't just drop the (laughs) reference to the fucking post movies MCU end credit scene being about the break in at the Watergate hotel. That should have been this movie's end credit scene. Fuck. How did Watergate happen if World War Two never? Wait, which World War did we prevent? If World War One doesn't happen, which I guess World War. Nick Zano, Nick Zano in this film did prevent the Holocaust. There was no Holocaust in this universe, which is pretty cool. What do you think about it? It was. Hey, I have a question. I actually have an answer for this one. Thank you. The thing about. Hallmark movies is that they glorify a really specific Midwestern rustic way of living. Um, even when they're not actively hating on the idea of women having like a career and sentience, um, and would rather that they just be meat puppets for men to just insert themselves into, they they still glorify the concept of like domesticity and, 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 and rebuilding. Like there's, there's a reason that, that Brandon Routh's character builds up houses and flips them. It's, 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 it's supposed to be like the fucking pioneer spirit of like, you're rebuilding this home and with your own two hands and you and your new wife will live here. And like, which again, incidentally, that's going to be a loss on investment for him as you brought up, but that's not the point. Um, These are movies that, want to project the image that the homestead and the family and the comfort and security and insulation of small town like rustic suburb life is like the ideal yeah Um, I, i actually was thinking about that a lot because like there is something superbly american about churning out christmas movies like this yeah, and they make like twenty in a fucking season. Like they're made on like old old Hollywood schedules where you were just making a film every two fucking weeks because you had three sets and twenty actors and that was it. Um Isn't that just what the BBC does? The BBC do- I was about to say the BBC does that, but the BBC does that except that it releases things once every five years instead because, because Americans like to 
Filming is hard, really okay? After. Doing shows is hard. Uh-huh. And Colin Morgan only in- has so much free time. Yeah. I mean, that is the sort of thing where these movies are um a glorification of a like a hype like it they're jingoistic in their existence and and the lives that they present, the sort of idealized middle-class American life. Um, yes. that's supposed to be very aspirational, but also really very specifically like family values and, you know, like, and, and do it yourself sort of like, I mean, um, there was less of that in Desperately Seeking Santa, but still it was there because he's, you know, paying his way through medical school, which again, <laughs> fucking Christ. But, um, they have this sort of idea in their head of like, you know, taking care of your family, taking care of your community. And, you know, the greatest thing you can possibly be in the world is married to um, a fucking white middle class career dude who builds a house for you and you quit your fucking Manhattan job or, or your job at the pet store or whatever. Like it, and the th- and the thing is is like it lashes out against these concepts like the the idea of like corporate being this nebulous like corporate yes. was just There's I mean like we this did weird joke- classism undertone in desperately seeking Santa that like d- is never addressed no but, like never. it is kind of like we're supposed to believe that like yeah big business is what it's what's killing America which is kind of ironic when it's when they're churning out fucking 20 Hallmark movies I know. a year. I know. Like, very, very bold of you to make that statement. Um, especially, and it's kind of interesting to me because malls used to be the hyper conglomerate consumerist icon. Like, it used to be, oh, malls are what's killing America because, you know, during that transitory, transitory period between, like, individual locally owned businesses to, like, big mall hubs, you know, a lot of businesses died out then. But now it's like, oh, we have to save the mall because it's somehow, despite being, like, the biggest avenue for consumerism, it's suddenly also, like, the underdog here. Like, they picked a really weird underdog. Like The underdog is Nick Zano, who, like, God help him, <laughs> is trying to claw his way out of the movie like he's, just, like, he's stuck in a bear trap. Yeah, no. That, this um, is a man trying to eat his own leg off to get I out of the goddamn I cannot believe we did trap. an Italian American movie and his mother is dead. I, worst I, and, and worst his, choice they could have made. First off, his father, let's get back to his father briefly, because while we're here, um, the fact that there's a scene where him and his father sit down and they talk about their emotions. And I know a lot of Italian American men. I, they would rather die. Like his, his father, first off, the fact that his father hasn't died because his mother has been dead is fucking bold of you to assume that an old Italian American man is going to last after his wife goes because that fucking woman was keeping this place fucking running. She was doing everything. His dad should just be standing in the corner, staring at the wall and waiting to fucking die. Secondly, uh, again, they have a long heartfelt talk about their emotions and what his dad wants for his son's future. And that like, I disgusting, inaccurate, delusional the idea that i'm supposed to believe that an italian american man would have an emotional conversation with his son is laughable at best and the 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 fact that his mother is dead and his father is somehow still alive is already bad enough but 
the the beating like this movie would have absolutely been improved if even if his mom was still dead like his grandmother despite the fact that she would have been in her 90s at that point probably would have absolutely moved in to take care of the family because she knows and nick knows and everyone else in this fucking movie knows that the dad would be useless so she would absolutely have moved in with the family by this point so the fact that he doesn't have a nana taking care of everything is ridiculous to me and again would have improved the movie it really would have Second draft. You just, you need a second draft, goddammit. And they replaced this, they repla- replaced all that time that would have been spent writing a second draft or doing table reads. They instead put dance scenes in. And here's the thing, is the music in this film is sonic violence. Like, yeah. everything about it is horrible. We were playing the We Shot music over the dance scenes, and it, it just, it's such a nice experience. It's make in- Nick Zano dance. Then, like, let him... Please give him Get something he music. can dance to. Do literally anything else other than what you are currently doing. It is so much. Like, why? So many of the decisions in this film were just, why? And, like, at the end, we're like, hey, remember how, like, the fucking... The, yeah. the yay, everything's all together again and stuff. Yay, ending is, like, achieved through blackmail and extortion. Yeah, because she's like, I know that you blackmailed the congressman. Instead of everybody working together in these movies against this one corporate conglomerate, because we all know everything going in, what happens instead is that it, at the last minute, Lindsay decides to blackmail goatee and her boss into saving the mall which is and nick zando's restaurant which is not how anything works no i i I, and and she doesn't even have any hard evidence they're just so intimidated by the fact that she knows something apparently that they let her get away with and like what did she know does it matter she knows that they bribed a congressman i just don't how the hell why and like and and, and, so essentially this movie is really just about nick zano being eye candy and then they tried to put some plot into it and it just did not can somebody please can we can can we start a a, an apology tour for hallmark that hallmark owes nick zano 100 percent. like fuck this fucking movie jesus christ almighty I just I don't want this I don't want this review to go too long because I think I think we've gone on a lot of tangents. I, I just well because like again these movies these movies I don't think I don't think we could do a review of them like a true review of them because like there's nothing to say everything about these movies that should be said or discussed is in the context of how they appear within a larger film culture and an American culture and even then. It's kind of like, oh my god, I don't want to fucking talk about it because it means I have to fucking think about Hallmark movies. And you know what? I would rather talk about Jaws or or whatever else we talked about. What does it? I don't even know what we talked about anymore at this point. You, I, I, the only valid Christmas special is the animated Chuck Jones How the Grinch Stole Christmas short, and I will That's stand it. by this. That's all it is. The rank, the rank and bass anime, the weird stop motion movies can stay because of childhood nostalgia, but they are on thin fucking ice. That said, anyone want to talk about the fact that in Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, they put a fucking lion named Moonraiser in for no reason? And that was absolutely one hundred percent someone's fursona. Like that was Wait, there was I no reason for this giant winged lion with a really deep voice. 
I heard a cover of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at Morton Williams when I was downstairs buying cookies because they keep the cookies in the basement. There's, it, it's not <laughs> as, it's not as weird as it sounds. They have two levels and the hot bar with like food for lunch and stuff is on the top floor and the grocery is on the second floor, which is the basement. Okay. And so someone covered Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but instead of when Santa asks Rudolph to do the sleigh thing he goes well where were you when all the other reindeer were bullying me and then all the other reindeer have to apologize and say they'll try to change and i'm like this is what magneto wanted I yeah mean, i can never i can now never separate rudolph from that comic someone drew of magneto offering rudolph a place in the brotherhood yeah. of mutants. you mean my favorite my favorite fucking thing in the world absolutely but that being which is said, also just... which is also a great a great thing because you know eric is just trying to destroy christmas you know it's part of 100%. when people say the war on Christmas, what they mean is Magneto. <laughs> and next year, yeah, I believe I will be joining also, Magneto and the Brotherhood in this war on Christmas. I think that's I'm convinced. So valid. That's so valid. Um, that being said, I want to know whose fucking persona Moonraiser was supposed to be because there's no, there's nothing like there's no reason for a king of the island of misfit toys to look like that. That is so absolute and it's a winged fucking lion like it's absolutely 100 fucking percent someone's fursona it's an old just a chimera no chimeras have the head of a goat as well and tail of a scorpion so technically but like it's it doesn't even like it's too cool to look like i'm like i just i know i just do so you know they can stay but again on thin fucking ice and uh you know what like fuck it if you want to put something on while you're baking put on fucking santa claus conquers the martians or like the fucking santa claus movie where he fights the devil or something like don't 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 force yourself to watch these things um get get just just smoke some weed smoke some weed and watch the rudolph smoke some fucking weed or like yeah and watch like, the grandma fucking, got run you know over what? by a reindeer 100 percent, 100 percent. I animated you know, I, weirdly anti-Semitic animated ser- animated movie. Oh my god, it's an active fucking hate crime. Like Jesus, it's so fucking I watched that movie when I was like sick on Christmas Eve and I mean like I had like a 103 degree fever and I was just like just I was like eight and vomiting everywhere. So I thought that I'd fucking hallucinated that movie because it's like that. Also, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess, if you're also thinking of horror, um, horror, uh, fucking movies to watch. You know, I've never fully seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. I actually don't even think I've ever seen it. The first time I ever saw it, I was like five years old and I came downstairs and I was at my aunt and uncle's and my mother and father and my aunt and my uncle were watching it. And the only thing I saw out of context was the end scene where they pull Oogie Boogie apart and he's all bugs. And that image haunted me for like the for a very very long time and i still can't even really watch it so that was my first introduction to this movie and of course it's cute and fun and it's worth a watch um you know but i also watch it and it's like my 13 year old self handcuffing us together like oh yeah like no go away 13 year old me i hate you so fucking much (laughs) so worth a watch oh we're sorry brandon you did fine Great job. Okay. You're good. You're good. Um, good luck out there, everybody. Good luck out there. Good luck. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.